Hello, and thank you for listening to the Patreon-exclusive episode. I'm Lori Ronkamp, joined as always by Maria Felix and our resident guest, Cash Abdumalik. Hello. Hi. Oh my god, I think that was the first time I ever did it, like, really good. Yeah, good job. It's pretty good. Thank you to our Patreon listeners, some of which are listening live right now. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you guys so much. Besides uh, mentioning that I did the intro really well, I think that was my first real professional thing that I've done. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, Career or on the on the podcast? Just in general, anything Ah. I've ever done has all (laughs) led up to this. Yeah, has all led up to that moment. Career, Um, relationships, yes, any memberships? (laughs) Yeah. My Ralph's Club Car membership has really been... <laughs> you always put your number in wrong. You're like, ah, oh, this is going to take 20 minutes. God damn it. Every single time. Um, so Maria, like our regular episodes, has done the research for, <laughs> for this one. So today... Uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to say something else? No, no, no. I was just going to say, uh, what is our topic? Today we're talking about Miranda Barber, who Ooh. killed... Troy LaFerrara after meeting him via a Craigslist ad in 2013. Good old Craigslist. <laughs> I, I will say, I met so many people through Craigslist. I've gone on so many dates. Was it misconnections or casual encounters? Uh, it was uh, men seeking women, or no, women seeking men. Mm-hmm. So I guess casual encounters, or sometimes women seeking women. And sometimes even say- men seeking men. I was going to say, the women seeking women seems like it would be slightly more safe than um, the, men, the men seeking women or the women seeking men. That's just like, it's always more predatory with men. Sure. As I've also, learned, because it's Craigslist, it would probably be men as women seeking women. That's what I was exactly what I was going to say. I said, as I've learned through all of my myriad of Craigslist dating, is that most of the time it's always, always men. So no matter where you go, you're just finding a dude. <laughs> so uh well this one at least yeah. at least they didn't lie about being men and women yeah but that's true you got to give it to them for that for they that, were I very guess. honest about that usually yeah. you can tell on craigslist because they're like i'm a total woman i'm, I'm totally, a total woman i'm a totally a yeah. girl i have huge tits oh they're crazy and a big vagina it's nuts well <laughs> actually <laughs> One of the ways you could really tell if it was a dude was how much they wanted to tell you that if you use a dildo, then you actually really love peanuts. So <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, but like how long, how many, how many times do you, do you pleasure yourself with a dildo? And I'd be like, never, I, I don't even own one. And they're like, oh, come on. You mean to tell me like if you had like a, just a random dick laying around, you wouldn't use it? And I'd be like, well, I'd be very terrified as to how I came about this random penis that I Detachable found. Detachable penis. It's totally clean. Don't worry about it. Detachable penis. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. I'll never get sick of that song. No, that's so, a great song. Such a funny song. It's about a Craigslist hookup. Yeah. Know, many people know it. Yeah. Okay. So, on November 12th, 2013, Sunbury, Pennsylvania resident, Brittany Sedler, was making herself a cup of coffee that morning when she looked out of her window and saw something by her garage, which was at the back of her house. Okay. She she went outside and discovered a man's body. His face was purple and he was covered in blood and he was still holding his car keys in his hand. Brittany called the police who via his wallet and phone identified him as 42 year old Troy LeFerrera. And Brittany was probably like, I haven't even had my coffee yet. Yeah. Like. (laughs) The old Java Jive. (laughs) Holy shit. She can't deal with this before her coffee. Uh, Yeah. Man. She has a towel that says so. No. Yeah. She has. (laughs) And she also has a cup that just gives the different levels of mood depending on how much coffee she's drink. drink. How Brittany loves it. Don't talk to me until I've had my Folgers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she was really ups- she was it was really awkward because she was holding her co- her coffee cup that said I will fucking murder you and bury you in my backyard if you do not if you talk to me before I've had my coffee ironically she ran and then buried the cup 
<laughs> the worst part is she didn't offer any coffee to the police officers that were there. Yeah. She's like, no, sorry, it's really expensive. I only made enough for one. We hate you, I, Brittany. I get it shit to me, so... I feel like Brittany's pretty much the only person we're going to be able to make fun of in this whole scenario, so... Brittany, you seem like a real stupid bitch. Yeah, I, I think that's why we're all getting our licks in. <laughs> like, get him in now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so on Troy's phone were profiles to a number of dating sites. And Craigslist ads were open for men seeking women and vice versa. The last text and calls on his phone came from one woman who had posted one of these ads, 18-year-old Miranda Barber. The police contacted Troy's wife, Colleen, who obviously oh. had no idea where her husband was or that he had been planning to meet a woman the night before. Poor oh, Colleen. Poor Colleen. Oh, damn. <laughs> so Troy's not exactly innocent. Yeah. No. I mean, he shouldn't have died, clearly. Clearly. No, you, you shouldn't but, be killed. Also, just don't cheat on your wife. Yeah. I bet he had pictures of himself up there from like high school and stuff. He's like, look, dude, I'm fucking so fit. Yeah, as we'll oh, see yeah. in, the, in the picture. Um, the, and, and anyone on Discord right now has the picture. Like, it's the last one I posted. That's Troy LeFerrara. He's a big guy, double chin, tiny glasses. He was quoted recently saying, Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no Star Wars jokes? Uh, the, he was Han Solo, right? That's the one. That was my Han Solo impression. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I know Star Wars. Exactly. The last text from Troy's phone show he had planned to meet Miranda the night before. They read, Troy, all right, I'm pretty close to the mall. Miranda, good. Troy, I'm dropping my daughter off right now. Then I'll be in the mall in about 15. Miranda, I'm here. I don't see you. He had a kid. Well, Troy had been married to his wife, Colleen, for two years after being together eight years prior, and they had no children. So he said this to Miranda, probably as a backup plan to like, oh, I, I got to get out of here. I got to go pick up my kid. You got to tell them they have a kid so they don't want to get too attached, you know? <laughs> that seems like that was probably it. That's probably, that's probably the reason why I did it. Ah, uh, thanks, out of breath, man. Well, no problem. It's Troy, it's me. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't do it. He's a victim. Okay, sorry. <laughs> or I thought, I thought it was just the, uh, the the news reporter getting an interview from Out of Breath Man. Oh, sorry, guys. I just got here. <laughs> that, guy, that guy was in me just then. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm going to the bathroom for a couple minutes. Wait. <laughs> did you see the murder happen? Stop cycling everywhere you go. Jesus. Um, I think he has a cocaine problem. <laughs> what I think... I, I agree with you in that and that maybe that was like an escape goat, but what I also think is that maybe it was a way for him to indoctrinate himself with Miranda because, you know, women let their guard down if they if they think somebody's a father, especially of a of a daughter, they're like, Oh, he wouldn't hurt me. He has a little girl. That maybe. is true too. Which <laughs> is kind of ironic because uh he ends up dead. <laughs> so. It could be true because one of the pictures that she had texted him was of herself with her little girl. As we'll find out later, she has a little uh, little one-year-old girl. Also, he's probably just like, hey, me too, twins. <laughs> Men are so scummy. Yeah. They're scummy. Ugh. Disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. That sucks. So anyway, through all this, the police picked up Miranda, who at first denied knowing Troy at all, but changed her story once she was brought in for questioning. At first, she said she had met Troy online and agreed to meet up with him at a Denny's, but that it never happened. I mean, if you're going to meet up somewhere, Denny's is a pretty safe place. We've all talked about the convenience of meeting up <laughs> at a Denny's and the expansive menu and the quality that it boasts. Yes. I mean... I mean, it, it, does it merit bringing up again? <laughs> because... 
I mean, the nachos there, I don't think we mentioned this last time, the nachos there are actually pretty good. I'm I had the nachos look. on many occasions mm-hmm. and was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Pleasantly look, surprised. I, I would love to make fun of somebody for having their date be a Denny's, but I, as we probably all know, I gave a blowjob to a guy behind a Wendy's. So, I mean, I can't feel like I can't really be the one to judge <laughs> where you go on a date. I mean, a Denny's is a pretty classy place. You have to sit down. Compared to a Wendy's? Yeah. Wendy's Wendy's is the perfect place for, you know, back alleyway blowjobs because, I mean, the burger patties are square. What's going on? It's chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody knows what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They have two dumpsters. For what reason? (laughs) One for blowjobs. Uh, (laughs) 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 We got to, hey, boss, we got to get an extra dumpster. Just to, just because so many people keep giving blowjobs. Tony, I need <laughs> you to go out there and sweep behind the BJD. <laughs> can you, <laughs> hey man, can you the, go and rustle? Can you scare yeah. up those blowjobbers? Can you get those blowjobbers out of the dumpster? Thank T- you. Tony, it's part of your job. Welcome to the Wendy's family. Tony just sweep. goes outside with like a, a bottle full of like bleach and water. And she's oh, yeah. like, ha! Ah! <laughs> spraying them to get away. Yes, spraying them people. Just ah, get out of here. <laughs> Put all, it away. Put it away. Oh, come on, man. I'm working. Like now, one of the guys is like, I can only come if I if I'm getting a blowjob, and a guy comes out from behind and sprays me with bleach. <laughs> my name is Troy. <laughs> yeah, my name is Troy. <laughs> or if they smell the scent of moons over my hammy. Then yeah. it's just like instant bust. Always a pleasurable aphrodisiac. To- yes. Tony is now working at the Denny's and is like, wow, this is so much better than the Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> we, wow, we really dug deep in our stories <laughs> and yes. our fictional backstories for these people. I mean, these are all true. <laughs> yeah. When presented with the text that she had sent him about meeting up at the mall, Miranda said that she did agree to meet up with him but said that there was no intention other than to meet and hang out. When Miranda begins to get defensive and says that she wants to just get back to her daughter, the police tell her that they're going to take her phone. She then tries to storm out of the station, and we're going to play a clip of her freaking out here. Pretty awesome. Okay. And let us know when you... When, if you guys on Discord can hear it or not. Yeah, if you can't hear it, let me know. Actually, Mary, we got to take your phone, put it in evidence, and then get a search warrant to go through it. That's not fair to me at all. Well, that's what we have I to do. I have the right to walk away, walk out of here with all of my belongings, not which I'm your, going to do. Not with your phone. We're going to take I'm your phone. I'm very offended right now. I'm sorry. I have, understand I have to have, yeah. I have time. I need numbers. I need my phone numbers. You understand we have a job to do. I did not kill that man. I've never met that man in my life before. I hope not. I'm a single. I just got married. You guys are coming in my life questioning me. I'm very offended. Do you understand why we're questioning you? Do you understand why I feel the way that I feel? No. Do you understand why no, we're questioning you? I don't. So I never okay, met up with so him. So your phone number being the last... Yes, but I never met up with this man. Understandable, but do you think that maybe is something we need to check into? No. At that point, everything turned, and we saw a different side of Miranda Barber. I want to go home to my baby who is screaming her head off for me. We're taking your phone before you Don't touch me. I demand a lawyer right right, now. Don't. Don't touch me. No. Stop. No. I want. Fuck all of this. Oh, my God. Now, remember, she's 18. So if it weren't for the fact that she just killed somebody, it's almost like funny and almost adorable the way that she's just like, do you understand that I'm upset? Do you understand that I'm offended? Yeah. It's like so telling of a teenager to be like, what matters most here is how I feel. Yeah, I, I mean, as a substitute teacher, I would just be like, I've heard, I heard that so many times. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't get a butt on my chair. No, why is it always? Why do you think it's me? Why yeah. I was the one being blamed? Because <laughs> you're the one standing up out of your yeah. chair, dude. You're literally on the other side of the classroom, and there's no chairs where you are. Uh, doesn't mean I got up out of my chair. That's exactly what it means. When I was a kid, and I used to see people like start to yell like this. And just kind of go nuts. Like, that's when I turn into, like, what's her name? Uh, 
uh, what's the Arquette who's in uh, Roseanne Arquette in like Pulp Fiction when they're like arguing about stuff in the needle in and she's like, uh huh, huh? Oh yeah, she's uh-huh. like looking back uh-huh. and forth. I was so excited just to see chaos and be like, oh shit, she's gonna lose her mind. <laughs> yeah, Spiral Queen in the chat room brings up a good point: is that like she should have meanly just been like, I want an attorney. She did want ask an for an attorney at the end. Yeah, but she didn't really do it in a very... She's, she's I demand an attorney! <laughs> <laughs> Not, like, the best. Well, she was on her way out, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah she, she had already to, on to be. She had to go home to her child who was screaming her head off. Yeah. Also the Wendy's. Yeah, she didn't make her BJ run. <laughs> Two hours later, Miranda's 22-year-old husband, Elliot, is brought in for questioning. He says that he doesn't know anything about the phone calls on Troy's phone, but does know that his wife gets paid to have delightful conversations with lonely men and that he doesn't mind because it's not sex. Wait, delightful yeah. conversation? Delightful conversation. Okay, Lori, it's, uh, it's, it's a thing of class. Uh, yes. Of, of <laughs> you know, gentlemen often seek delightful women, yeah. educated women, to have nothing but delightful conversations with in the privacy of their own bedroom. What it is, is it, it's or, an exchange of decency. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. A meeting of the minds. Yes. <laughs> yes. I got to be honest with you. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of a married man texting an 18-year-old girl just for some blueberry pie recipes. You know, it's just like so many times it's like, hey, I just want to know what her thoughts are on Palestine and Israel, all right? I'm just really interested to figuring out what she feels, you know? I know you found the phone, sweetheart. I know how it looks, but we're just talking about Sudoku. (laughs) Yeah, we're just Sudoku. Yeah, we're just doing words with friends. Crafts. as... As silly as we're making it out to be, Elliot, Elliot's explanation of it is a lot better. And here it is. What is it she does? I don't know if you've ever seen the type of movies to where, like, someone goes to a whore. Not I'm saying she's a whore. That's a comparison. A guy goes to a whore and he's totally about to have sex with her. Then he, like, breaks down and then the whole scene is him crying. Oh, I hate my life. I love my wife so much, but she's just being a bitch. And then she's just like finger filing her nails, listening to him, and then she gets paid for the companionship, for listening, for being an open ear. And that that's basically what it's about. It's like so, that old it's like that old song. <laughs> when a man goes to a whore <laughs> starts to lay down and cry. <laughs> she found and the she, nails. <laughs> and to him it's alright. It's alright. <laughs> When a man is a whore, mm. they just talk about delightful things. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he's he's aware of his wife's side business. He also goes on to say that she charges anywhere from $50 to $850 per session, oh per conversation session. That's an odd cap. I love how... You know for a fact that this was him trying to retell what his wife told him, but he's just not <laughs> able to get the words right. Yep. Well, what I love is, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, Trump, when Trump is like, uh, what was I thinking? Oh, like Trump with the fires. Remember when he was saying with the with the fi- forest fires that Pete, we need to rake the floor, the forest floor? And you know for a fact that somebody said something to him, not about raking, but something, and he turned it in his head and was like, oh, it's raking the fourth floor. Oh, my God. That's this guy. This guy is like, she basically was like, yeah, no, we just have conversations. And in his mind, he's like, you know those movies where <laughs> trying to rationalize. Yeah, it this was probably it was clinging. probably like. It was probably like, she's like, just say like I'm an escort, you know, like escorts don't always have sex with their clients, you know, like they're like educated and, and like they like could have sex, but they also like j- could just be there for conversation. So when he like regurgitates it, he's just like, he's imagining pretty woman. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, so it's, it's like Julia Roberts, right? Well, he's <laughs> clinging to the idea that his girlfriend is not a prostitute. Right. Like yeah. he's just so... She's just so desperate. I thought that was so funny. Ugh. 
it's also it's also sometimes weird. I always say prostitute or prosty, and or toot or toot toots. Love toots. The term toots, not toots. Anyways, it's always weird when you hear someone say, "Oh yeah, that's a whore." It just sounds like such a harsh, such a harsh word, such a harsh. I know. Word. Well, you know what? I love the word whore. I think it's funny. I love whore. Um. I don't think it has to be harsh. I think when you hear the fact that he, it's her husband. It's a, it's a guy saying it the way that the guys tend to say it. It's like, ah, oh, dude, just come on, man. It's a fun <laughs> word to, yeah, it's, it's a real hard word when you are mad. It's a fun word to yell, though. My mom, well, my mom and my dad, <laughs> we used to get in fights. My mom used to go, just go back to your New Jersey whore. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like a thing that you say to a Jersey guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Seems like a very New York thing. Go back. Go ahead. Go back to your horse. I always love like anytime that there's like a, anytime that there's a, it's always like a prostitute whore. Like it's always like a whore. It's never like just a, it's always like two bad words stuck together. So it's like, (laughs) go back to your prostitute whore. And like, well, okay. Like I am in love with a whore prostitute. Yeah, <laughs> the common one in Spanish is uh, puta perra, which uh-huh. means a uh, whore dog. Puta perra. Yeah, that's intense. Ooh, yeah. That's a it's lot. Mean. It's mean, but you know it's appropriate sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so after both of them are released, Elliot and Miranda go home because they don't have enough to keep him right now. Uh, at home, they share the house with Miranda's best friend Shay. The police arrive at their home shortly afterwards and question Shay about the murder. Shay vouches for the couple, saying that she doesn't believe they could be capable of such a thing, and she doesn't know anything about the murder. Later that night, Miranda confesses to Shay that she did indeed kill Troy LaFerrara. Oh my god. (laughs) That she stabbed him, and that was it. I wonder what was the the precursor to her telling her who just... Blurting it out. I don't know. Maybe they were really best friends. She's an 18-year-old girl. She's an 18-year-old girl. Yeah. She she was waiting for an opportunity to tell her. (laughs) She was waiting. She was so excited. She's like, your hair looks really nice. And and you know what? I killed that guy. (laughs) Exactly. You know what happened was, it was, any white 18-year-old girl has always had this thing where it's like, if you get in a car accident, which, you know, I'm not saying I've ever done it, but if you get in a car accident (laughs) and you do a hit and run and then... You know, you're like, oh, I never believe, I would never believe that you would do something that terrible. And then you're like, thank you. And then you wait a bit and go, can I tell you something? Yeah. I, did, I did do that. I That's did. every Law and Order SVU episode. Yes. <laughs> can I tell you a secret? Can I tell, can I, I did do that. I if did. this was a CSI episode, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Oh. I got nothing yet. Don't worry. You got nothing yet? Welcome. Okay. Got, it's okay. It's in the oven. All right. <laughs> so Shay convinces Miranda that she needs to turn herself in. In the documentary, it's Shay. Shay gives an interview and she's like, I told her, like, like you can't stay here. You need to go. You need to turn yourself in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which I love that the first thing she says, like, you can't stay here. That's dope. <laughs> it's yeah. her house. It's Shay's house. That's dope. You know, so. Also, I will say this. My aunt and I have been watching a lot of, like, Dateline and stuff. People are so, br- like, so, like, dismissive of people who've just killed somebody. Like, there was a one where this yeah. guy, this guy kills his wife, and then he goes, tells his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's like, well, I'm going to tell on you. Like, I'm going to tell the police that you did it. And I was like, what the fuck is her problem? And she did, and then he and then he like ties her up and she's like so shocked by that. And she's like, I can't believe he did that. And I was like, bitch, you literally said you were going to go to the police. Yeah. Uh, my whole thing is just, just be pleasant to them. Be like, oh yeah, I see that. And then as soon as they're asleep, go fucking to the police and say, they did this. Please get them. Like, please mm-hmm. get them out of my house. Yeah. I mean, the second that they start to tell you that they've killed somebody is when you should just be like, nope, no, 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 no,
Don't tell well, me. Don't give them that idea. They're not that smart. <laughs> don't, don't like. They might be. That me. might be the next step they have. They're like, I'm going to tell you I killed this person because I'm going to kill you next. If someone tells me they killed somebody, I'm going to be like, we're crazy, man. That's nuts. Yo, I'm going to go to the bathroom for a minute. I'll be right back. And then I run <laughs> to the bathroom <laughs> and climb out the window. I just get imagine. The fuck out of there. I just imagine telling you and then you being like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like, sure, sure, man. And then just being like, where's Cash running down the street? <laughs> Waving my arms and yelling. Ah! Ah! She did it! She actually did it! She killed! Someone called the cops! So Miranda says goodbye to her one and a half year old daughter and Shay and Elliot drive her to the police station. So she convinced her to do it. Well, good for her. Good yeah. job. Now back at the police station, Miranda tells police that she has more to say. <laughs> I have more to say. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Right. It just imagine like whenever, you know, whenever you get, when you were like a teenager, you get mad at your parents and then you like yell at them and then you need a favor. And you're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry for what I said earlier. I bet are, you you are. are you mad at me? Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys mad at me? <laughs> you can have my phone if you want. I don't time. want your goddamn phone. <laughs> okay, but okay. I just want to say. Uh-huh. Um, I did it. So the police <laughs> take her in. Yeah, we know. And, rec- and record her confession. Miranda claims that she met up with Troy at a mall in nearby. Uh, I'm going to mess this up. In nearby. Susquehanna. Susquehanna. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. You really messed that up. I did. Where he got into her Honda CRV and she drove them out to Sunbury. Oh. They began to make out when Troy began aggressively groping her. Things were getting hot and heavy. At which point, Miranda tried to push him off. She tells police, she told police, that she normally keeps three knives in her car. So she grabbed for one, <laughs> which is such a weird thing. <laughs> She's like, I can keep like three knives in my car, you know, like normally. And so she grabbed for one and stabbed him. But the first and second stab did not seem to deter Troy. He was still groping. Yeah. He probably thought it was part of the this, this, this sex play. <laughs> she stabs him. He's like, ooh. This does the second right. time. Oh. I didn't realize this was my thing, but apparently it is. <laughs> <laughs> so she kept stabbing him. After they were finished, or after, uh, after all was said and done, he was, he was dead. And then she involved... Vaguely, she involved her husband, Elliot, and said that after after all that, they drove around looking for a place to dump the body, but Troy was still breathing, even at this point. Anyway, they still found a place to just dump his body, which was by Brittany Settler's garage. Yeah, fuck that bitch. <laughs> He's like, I'm still into it. Yeah, I, would, I would love it if he died going... I died doing what I love. <laughs> Jesus, guys, me too. Afterwards, they bought supplies at a local Walmart and cleaned up the blood in the car as best they could. And then, according according to Miranda, they went to a strip club since it was, after all, Elliot's birthday that night. Oh my god! <laughs> She's put in custody. But the police don't believe her self-defense claim, both because the stabbings didn't fit the marks of being self-defense inflicted. They fit more of a passionate crime. Hmm. And because Miranda was considerably smaller than Troy, so the police just didn't believe that this petite girl could overpower Troy. Well, she didn't overpower him. She just stabbed him till he was dead. But she, he would have been able. Their their theory being that they would have, he would have been able to wrestle the knife away from her, probably, uh, or something like that. I guess probably because you're in like a state of shock. So as you're feeling, as you're getting stabbed, you're not feeling the pain so much. It's more more or less just like, oh my god, stop stabbing me. Yeah, 
Also, I'm, if he was in like a, if he was already in like a sexy attitude, he might not have noticed, you know, maybe. I don't like, think so. I don't, <laughs> you know, Troy might have cheated on his wife, but we have no idea what his kinks were. And I'm going to, I'm going to chalk it up just by the look of him. I'm going to chalk it up and say that it probably wasn't blood, blood play. No, I'm saying <laughs> you never know, but I'm saying that he probably had a lot of adrenaline going. So he maybe, maybe he felt something, but he was like, oh, maybe she bit me or, you know, and then all of a sudden she, he goes, oh no, that that's a definite stabbing. <laughs> She's also saying no. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. So, you know, even if it was this, which it's not, and so I'm just going to spoil it for you right now. It wasn't. <laughs> then you know it doesn't matter it wasn't Lori <laughs> alright I'm just saying it could have been <laughs> that's all I'm saying so Elliot goes to the media the next day and by now the media have dubbed Miranda the Craigslist ad killer but in my opinion that it doesn't really stick because yeah. Philip Markoff who was the Craigslist killer i also love that there's so many craigslist killers that yeah. they now have to add different things on there the craigslist ad killer the craigslist killer <laughs> yeah. the craigslist free stuff killer <laughs> <laughs> the kill lister via craig the Cra- yeah. craigslist lost and found killer killer yeah. ck <laughs> our killer casey <laughs> the killer misconnections from craigslist killer that one's a long one fred you should have not you gotta stop picking names. MWTAWF. <laughs> so Elliot tells them that he knows Miranda killed in self-defense and that she only, and then he reiterates the whole thing about her only offering delightful conversations. <laughs> Which, is Which is smart, guys. Guys, wonderful. Do you remember that one, that scene from that one TV show where the guy is crying? No, dude, there's never been a show like that. There's never been. <laughs> Where that's the thing. But come on. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? It's the one, you know, the guy with the guy from the, the other movie. <laughs> the reporter's just like, <laughs> so. Oh, did, <laughs> Is it what? Did you, <laughs> how long did you date Miranda? Yeah. Like, yeah, come on. Richard Gere, I think. Yeah. yeah. Rumble Fear? Was that it? No, dude. Maybe Greg Kinnear. No. So back to the murder. <laughs> We're gonna get back to murder, buddy. But don't worry. Yeah, we okay. We believe that your your wife was not a a, a sex worker. She just talked to men for money. Okay, sure. right, cool, sweet, right. awesome. Back to cool. the murder. <laughs> so the day after, so the day after Miranda confesses, Officer Travis Brimigan, who led the investigation, picked up Elliot for a chat. Cruising around in their patrol car towards the station. Elliot, ta- uh, Elliot was very friendly with Travis. When they reach a bridge with a security camera on it, Officer Travis begins explaining to Elliot that they actually have these new cameras all over town and that the cameras are so high-tech that he can zoom into a window and see any driver in any car that passes by them. Mm-hmm. Clearly, to any, like... Anybody with sense, any acknowledgement of like technology, this is 2013, it's still not a thing. Right. You Maria, can't we're- <laughs> zoom in like an NCIS. No, en- enhance. Enhance. Maria, we're talking about the guy who believes that his wife just talks to men for money. Well, we'll you see. Know. So they reach the station where Elliot, now intimidated, Asked the sergeant to talk to Officer Travis alone. Now he asked to go outside and have a cigarette. Now outside, Elliot begins to confess to taking part of the murder with Troy. Oh boy. Elliot explains that he knew that Miranda was misleading Troy by promising him sex through ads and through texts but the intention had always been to kill him together. Elliot hid in the back seat of the car under a blanket. He had a cord, and when, Ma- and when Miranda gave the signal, he, would ra- he wrapped it around Troy's neck 
put his feet on the back of the seat, and pulled as hard as he could while Miranda began stabbing Troy in the groin. Okay. Right. I will say, yeah, that does make a little lot more sense. When they were done, there was blood everywhere. So they went about the cleaning supplies, found a place to dump the body. So that matched up. And then, according to Elliot, they went to Red Robin. <laughs> Not the strip club. I don't know why she lied about that. Wait. There's and, a strip club called Red Robin? Nope. I mean, probably. I honestly, mean, probably. <laughs> there is, I'm sure, in like Louisiana or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wouldn't it be hilarious if it was a Red Robin that just was one day like, yeah, we also do stripping. I mean, it's a good deal. Honestly, those burgers are good. Yeah, we've got a hell of a buffet. Burgers. So here's a convert. Here's Elliot confessing to Officer Travis about how they went to Red Robin after the murder. Then we went out to eat at Red Robin. It was delicious. It was delicious. What did you eat? I ate burger. It was fantastic. We did both make mention to each other of how fucked up it was that this just happened and now we're just like eating out. Get down a little bit of fries. I love that the cop turned into us yes. for a second. He was like, <laughs> with the unlimited fries? Did you get the wings? Solid. What, my, dress, uh, what dressing? Ranch. Thousand Island? Oh. Ranch. Next time. Okay, yeah. Next yeah, the ranch. the ranch. Yeah. That's my aunt. That's my aunt and my family to a T. My aunt, if I, if I came home and told my aunt that I... Got home. I murdered somebody and then went through went to Del Taco and got a medium diet Coke. My aunt would have been like, "Why don't you just fucking get a large? Get yeah, way more for your buck." Like, she went, that would have been the main thing that she would have been upset about. I mean, for twenty five cents more, Lori. What can't for you just ten live? cents more? Huh? Yeah. Why don't live you a just live? I just love how the cop was like, I just want to make sure that you you did you did it right. Right. No, it's fair. It's fair. It's really nuts, too, because he's like, and this is a, probably a credit to uh, the food that Red Robin serves. <laughs> he was like, it was delicious. It was fantastic. It was amazing. Yes. I mean, they should have, if that's not a commercial, that should be a commercial where it's literally a guy who is about to kill himself and he has a burger and he's like, you know what? Life's bet good. I should I should be I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. And then the next scene is a couple that just murdered somebody and they're like and then they have a burger and they go, you know what? Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many different instances of terrible things being remedied. It's like a Mentos commercial, but with things that people can actually agree upon, which is that Red Robin has great food. I was saying and earlier, unlimited fries. And unlimited yeah. fries. As Maria was saying earlier that the guy, he strangled her with a cue. And I was imagining that the cue was probably her going, Red Robin. He goes, yum. <laughs> they just know that. that one yum jingle. as he pulls on yeah. his neck. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 what do you want to bet? It started with them. They already agreed to go to Red Robin. I mean, who, as a couple, who doesn't talk about what their dinner plans are in the beginning of the night? That's definitely he, what they were talking about while yeah. he hid under the blanket, waiting would, for him to show up at the mall. <laughs> She's like, so yeah. would go after this? Strip club? He's like, Red Robin, stop fucking around. Like, why do you keep wanting to go? It's my yeah. birthday. It's my birthday. I want to go to Red Robin. Limited fries. That's why he thought, that's why he was even more scrumptious, because he was like, I won. Yeah. I got what I wanted. Like, yeah. I, well, I was going to. I was going to say that they were just going to rob him, you know, at gunpoint or something. And they were just going to take his money. But then they were like, as they were robbing him, he was like, you guys are going to Red Robin? Ugh, <laughs> Chili's is way better. And they're like, you know what? Fuck this guy. All right. <laughs> he doesn't deserve to live. <laughs> poor Trey. All right, Trey. Uh, poor adulterer. Again, this should not. He should not have died. He should not have died. I was going to go further, but then I was like, backtrack. He should not be dead. <laughs> he, you know what? He should be alive and having to pay alimony to a wife that he mistreated. Yeah. So, there you go. That, that's what I'm saying. Elliot said that he had no remorse 
and that they just decided to kill someone. And there was nothing more to it than that, that it was a total thrill kill. Hmm. That's it. And he was then arrested. Both of them now in custody, the DA sought the death penalty. An interesting note here, the DA was able to pursue the death penalty based on the fact that they had moved the body and had taken the victim's money the night of the murder. So I wonder, I mean, I would have to do a deeper dive to find out if without those two things, they had left the body there and had not robbed him, if they could have only sought life in prison. Oh, uh, Marie, you missed one. I fr- they also said that they he found out that they tipped their Red Robin waiter only 5%. That was another reason why he went for the death penalty. <laughs> God, they would. Like fucking teenagers, they don't know how to tip. Yes. They don't know. They would have just left pennies. Ugh. The waitress was like, I hope they die. <laughs> like years later, she goes, good. I'm glad. <laughs> so with the story now making nationwide headlines, we begin to learn more about the history of Miranda and Elliot. Miranda and Elliot had been married 19 days prior to the murder on October 22nd. Wow. They had recently moved from North Carolina together. Miranda was from Alaska, and her, her family had lived there before she relocated to North Carolina later on. In Alaska, Miranda's mother turned over Miranda's diary to a reporter named Jill Burke. Jill had been... Rec- sorry. <clears throat> Jill had been covering the story and wanted to understand why Miranda had committed the murder in the first place. The diary detailed her troubled past. Miranda had a history of self-harm and addiction. She Mm. had been in and out of North Star Psychiatric Hospital two to three times in her young life. She had been addicted to meth, heroin, crack, and while under care, was under prescriptions for a number of ADHD and antipsychotic medications. Her diagnosis included schizophrenia and manic depression. Her friends said that Miranda had a number of suicide, att- uh, suicide attempts mm. and that she had gotten pregnant at the age of 16 and had decided to keep the baby but not stay with the father. Elliot met Miranda when she was nine months pregnant with her baby. It is unclear if Miranda was doing drugs when she was pregnant, but it seems like more likely she was. More than it seems like more than likely she was, since Elliot definitely was. Mm. He said that he loved how crazy Miranda was, and was fascinated by how he never knew what to expect from her. <laughs> well, also he's kind of dumb, so I mean, it would have yeah. been like you know. It could have been, she really could have gone on fooling him for a really long time. It's like, you drink, you drink diet Pepsi and Coke at the same time. You're you're an insane person. I asked her how her day was and she kicked me in the shin. Oh my God. I never know what to expect. (laughs) She's wild, man. She's wild. I'm into it. (laughs) Oh man. And uh, not many people know that her best friend is a friend of the pod, Allie Lou. So, you know. Did you say it's Allie Lou? Yeah. Isn't that her name? Or am I saying it wrong? So, together they lived a drug-fueled life for a while. When they eloped, they decided to try for a fresh start. Elliot said that they packed up their things, got in the car, turned off their phones, and drove. Eventually... Miranda, that's when Miranda contacted her best friend, Shay, who then gave them a place to stay in Sunbury. Back in prison, Miranda, now two months away from trial. So later on, back in prison, Miranda, now two months away from trial, asked to speak to local reporter Francis Scarcella, who has been covering the case since it, you know, happened. She tells Francis during a visitation that she is ready to confess to everything she's ever done. Miranda claims that she got indoctrinated into a satanic gang at 12 years old and started doing drugs. She also said that she was that she said that she always felt like there was something inside of her and that Troy was not her first victim. 
that she oh. has killed multiple times before. But, and Cash does the best impression of this, uh, when she says she stopped counting. Wait, what did I do? Like, when she's like, when she's like, I stopped counting after 22. I didn't remember what I did. Uh, it's okay. So she says she stopped <laughs> counting after 22. And with most, like her, most of her victims had been in Alaska, but that she had killed nationwide. Which, when I first heard about it, I was just like, all right, doofy. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds so far-fetched. No, like even the reporter at the time doesn't believe it. It's, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like the normal person's version of I have I've had a lot of boyfriends. You just I've just been in a lot of different places. Yeah, I've, I've been really slutty. Like I was slutty. Yeah. I was slutty before. Like you even knew how to spell it. Yeah, like that guy. I, in, the guy in summer camp who's like, oh yeah, dude, I've had sex like forty nine times. Forty nine times. Forty nine times. Does that have to do with the fact that I'm wearing a forty nine ers jersey right now? No. <laughs> Right. It's like when I was in uh, junior high and I said that I've, I I said that I've been fingered and they were and my friend Bree was always like, well, what does it mean? And I was like, you know, when a guy like pokes his finger in your belly button. Aww. <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> I was just like, obviously, that what it, that's what it means. <laughs> it wasn't until years later where I was like, oh, Bree was fingered at 12. Um, but <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. That's just a funny setup. <laughs> but I mean, it's you know, I was like trying to be. So it's like she's basically like, yeah, I murdered a lot of guys. Yeah, she basically says she does that. Yeah, I'm basically like the world's counting. best serial killer. <laughs> I stopped counting guys. I killed at twenty two, which she is a even- weird time to stop counting. You think she would want to get to like a good whole number, like thirty, or just stop? Stay stopped at twenty. No, like, 22, why 22 is like a nice even number. Oh, no. I would <laughs> I if it was me, I would have had to stop counting at either 10 or anything divisible by 5. <laughs> 10 or 25 <laughs> or 20. That would have irked me. So, she even tells the story of her first kill. Mm. Oh. She says that the leader of the gang, the Satanic gang, had her lure a guy into an alleyway. This where, was in Alaska, right? What? This was, still in, this was still in Alaska? Yeah, this is all in Alaska. So yeah. the leader of the gang was Allie, Allie Lou. <laughs> <laughs> where yeah. the leader shot him and then put his hand over, put her hand on the gun, put his hand over hers, and made her pull the trigger. This is Alaska, hardcore Alaska. We're going to drag this guy into an alleyway and we're going to shoot him. But you're going to shoot him too. Now come with me. And, no. Bang. Oh, also, we got him. Satan. Now give me your hand and I'm going to put my hand on top of yours. <laughs> this is Alaska. Bang. I was, I, yeah, I love how also, they start and end. Also, I have this, <laughs> this start and end with everything with this is Alaska. Uh, <laughs> I also love the idea that her that, that she had to quote unquote lure somebody into the alleyway. I'm sure it was just like, hey, come to this alleyway with me. Okay. <laughs> so that was it. She probably did it all stupid. Hey. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, she went on to say. On- only because I feel like you're having a seizure and I want to help you. <laughs> she went on to say that she only killed bad people and likened herself to the fictional character of Dexter. That's what Satan is all about. Yeah. Hail Satan. Wait, how did she know that person was a bad person? You're going to have to ask Miranda. Okay. Because she's the one, just like Dexter, she has her ways. You know, maybe the satanic gang has infiltrated the police in Alaska. Yeah, it's all part of the next tableau. I forgot to, uh, (laughs) I forgot to, uh, uh, I forgot to bring this up, but uh, Humble Pie in the chat room asked, do you think that the police officers were excited to say the Miranda rights to Miranda? Oh, shit. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I think that qualifies as an NCIS intro. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah! Oh, I was going to say, Cash, did you want to say it? And then we could do the... That's already done. I already did the screen. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah! 
Maria's not abused. No, sorry. I was completely distracted by the fact that I was looking at the chat and I was like, I don't see it. <laughs> I only see the heart, but <laughs> whatever. If you scroll up, she said it earlier. Oh, way earlier. Oh, okay. Come on, Lori. Keep up with the chat better. I was trying to find a, a good way to put it in, and I never did. So I just was like, well, sooner than later should be the thing. <laughs> no. I've been sitting on one for like 20 minutes. I'll, oh, yeah? I'll, I'll, it'll, when, when the time will come, we'll come. <laughs> see, just do what I do and just do a fire hose. Just spray whenever because you're never going to have another moment again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's just, my comedy. <laughs> just talk over me. And yeah. I, eventually, I'll just get back to the facts <laughs> like Lori does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it works. How That's how work. the podcast has worked for <laughs> years. <laughs> it's just the way it works. I have a bookmark. You know, <laughs> I know where I am. <laughs> uh, so when Elliot was questioned about if he, when Elliot was questioned about this and asked if he believed her about the 22 plus killings, um, he said that he didn't. That she had told him that he that she had done her first kill at twelve years old. Oh my god! He also said that he was a religious person and that both him and Miranda believed that there was a demon inside of Miranda that they didn't know the name of, so they called her Super Miranda. Oh my god! When asked. It's, I'm trying okay. so hard not to make fun of it because it's mental illness, but at the same time, it's like that's all you could come up with is Super Miranda. Super Miranda is the best they could do. Super okay. Miranda is all you got. Yeah. Miranda oh, no. Miranda Prime. <laughs> oh, I can't. Oh, my God. Okay, what did they say? So, um,. <clears throat> When asked when Mer- when Super Miranda would normally appear, he said that oftentimes that she would appear when they would have sex and cut each other during sex. And that's when Super Miranda would normally pop up. Also, Super Miranda, Super Miranda would appear whenever she would jump up and punch a box. And then a star comes out, and she grabs it, and it goes, and she gets bigger. Yeah. Or she'll have a yellow cape or a raccoon tail. Yeah. But if a turtle hits her, she goes back to normal size. Yeah. Oh, my God. As part of her own investigation back in Alaska, Jill Burke, the journalist, had discovered via Miranda's diary and court records that Miranda had been sexually assaulted when she was three years old. Oh, my gosh. Tragically, the offender was her uncle, Richard Fernandez, who was charged with the sexual assault of two minors and sentenced to 14 years. Oh, poor girl. Further digging from Jill uncovered that there was a history of sexual abuse in Miranda's family. Miranda's grandfather had also abused members of his family, including Miranda's mother, and more than likely Miranda's oh, more than likely Miranda's own abuser, her uncle. <sighs> Miranda learned about all of this when she was 15. Victims of sexual abuse often use dissociative coping mechanisms to get through the trauma of their past. So Jill and psychologists assert that Miranda's alter ego, Super Miranda, is likely her way of coping with her past because she only comes out uh, in times of extreme duress or you know extreme emotion. Similarly, Elliot has also been a victim of mental illness. Mm. Elliot says that from the age of five, he began hearing individual voices in his head. When he was a teenager, he began seeing a man called Isaac. Physically, Isaac was the opposite of Elliot. While Elliot was a short guy 
and was it's he's like he looks pretty frail, he's pretty slight in stature. Uh-huh. He described Isaac as a tall, broad man who always seemed to be stirring in a quiet rage. He often saw Isaac when he felt alone. The first time seeing him was when he was walking home and he walked home on a pretty desolate road every night, so it could get pretty scary. The last time that he saw him, he had been after they had committed the murder. When Isaac mocked Elliot about how much he had fucked up this time from the backseat of the car. Uh, so, unfortunately, they both suffer from mental illness. And they both horrifying. fed that to each other along with addiction. It's a slippery, slippery, slippery slope. Mm-hmm. It's just like, again, we learned that it's like, you know, if... It's like being yes-anded into murder. Yeah. You know, if these if these two people hadn't have found each other, who knows what might have happened. Because they found each other and they both, their psychosis matched up. They just yes-anded each other into killing somebody. Unfortunately, yeah. Ugh. It's just, it sucks because, again, one of the things I'm, that I'm starting to realize is, like, there's no, you're not a special person. There's no special skill needed to murder somebody, you know? And it's like, these poor people, like, you want to feel bad for them, but at the same time, they killed somebody. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh. Yeah. Talk. With new claims about multiple victims, the police turn the case over to the FBI. Calls start pouring in from grieving family members who want to know if there's a possible connection between whoever they have missing and the people that she has supposedly killed. Oh, so you're saying they really actually took this seriously? Well, once she makes that claim, they have to take it seriously. They have to investigate it. But if she says oh, that she committed murders nationwide and in another state, then the police can't investigate it. They have to call. It's just protocol. So the FBI... I, the FBI, I feel like if she said she was sexually assaulted, they would have figured out a way to not, 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 to, not investigate... But because it's murders, all of a sudden they have to investigate. This just seems kind of shady. So the FBI uh, did an investigation and found absolutely no connection between her or any missing or murdered victims besides Troy LaFerrar. At trial, both Elliot and Miranda pled not guilty in order to avoid the death penalty. They are charged with second-degree murder. Before the subsequent sentencing trial, reporter Francis received a letter from Miranda. In it, she now explained the motive behind the senseless killing. She said that she loved her daughter enough to know what was best for her and never wanted her to be raised by someone like herself or someone like Elliot. She said that she had planned to kill someone all along so that her daughter could be raised by someone better than both of them. That it was the only way to contain Super Miranda. I mean, why not just kill yourself if that's the thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not tough. It seems like that's like, you know when you're like, when you like fuck up to a point and then things start working out and you're like, yeah, that was my... That was my plan all along. Yeah, it's definitely her just trying to find another way to, like, cope with the fact that she killed somebody out of, like, blind stupidity, really. You know? I want to go back to something you said, too, where you said that they pled not guilty to avoid the murder trial? They pled not guilty to avoid the death penalty. How does that... How do you avoid the death penalty? So maybe it might be a a state-based thing, but... um, in order to, once they pled guilty, that they could only seek life in prison. They could not, they could no longer seek the death penalty. I'm hmm. not sure why. But you said, so they pled guilty then. Oh. You said not guilty. Oops. Sorry. No, no, no. I just, you're I'm right. sorry. You're I didn't right. mean to be, I didn't mean to no, you're right. pick on you. I just wanted, okay. So they, they were saying, they took a plea deal and they said that they, they were guilty for doing it. Yes. Okay. They took a plea deal and they said they were guilty. And then they were uh, charged with second degree. And then they were char- So I'll just say that again for the recording. Okay. At trial, both Elliot and Miranda pled guilty in order to avoid the death penalty. They were charged with second degree murder. I mean, in the long run, it does make sense because 
hope I mean, I don't know. Kids in the system, that's always tough, but mm-hmm. hopefully that she does find somebody better than you know, her parent those two kids. I guess. I mean, it just seems like, like I said, she's just another way for her to try to cope with it, with what happened, you know, because it was so senseless even to her in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot um, didn't know about this plan. When when he's asked about it, he says that he still thinks or up until that point thought that it was a total thrill kill and that... um, he would have never imagined that she was planning it all along. Later on, in an interview with Jill Burke, after Miranda had been sentenced to life in prison, Miranda confessed that she obviously lied about killing 22 or more people. And then when she asked her why she did it, she says that when she was first put in prison... She was in solitary confinement for 47 days, which is when she started making all these outlandish claims after she was released from solitary confinement. I think she is said it to get street cred. Is yeah. that true, though? Was she? Do you know if she was in solitary confinement? For I don't know. Days? I mean, we it's not it something like we would know probably in, in the time. prison system. Yeah. You know? They're not going to tell you us. You don't have those records? You don't have the prison records? Okay. <laughs> we had her in solitary confinement for about 47 days. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for calling. Thanks for, thanks uh, yeah. for answering the question. <laughs> Funny enough, I have her file right here. Um, I That seems like a crazy amount of time. I also love how she, she probably was like, hey, um... I have something I got to tell you. <laughs> so, you know, like, I got to be honest with you. I did not kill 22 people. We know. How many did you kill? Just the one. She just killed just the one. I killed 40,000 oh, people. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I'm so much more than what you thought. You know, we brought you a Red Robin burger. We were going to give it to you, but now, no. What? Yeah. Why? Because you're not telling us the truth. I told you what you wanted to hear. Oh, and now this voice. I don't want to do what I want you to do. Unlimited fries. You could, they could have been yours. You guys are the worst journalists ever. I wish I never met you. <laughs> When when Jill asked her why she thought she had to kill someone instead of give her daughter up for adoption, Miranda said that she believes that unless she did something to disappear completely out of everyone's life, she would find a way to mess their lives up sooner or later. And this was the only way. Yeah, and there's nothing like disappearing, like being wrapped up in a very sensational murder. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really makes sense if you don't think about it. And becoming a ward of the state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. You know what? I got to be honest with you. Now that I think about it, I think Red Robin is behind this. <laughs> behind the murder? <laughs> behind the murder. It's a big <laughs> ad. Yeah. If, Free publicity, you know? If this was an NCIS episode, I'm pretty sure that when they found the body... They also would have probably left a red ro- red robin wrapper next to it because they have it so much it would have fallen out of the car, and the cop would have knelt down and said, "Well, looks like this red robin is a dead robin." That was a good one. I would really that's good. I really that like that one. Good. I think that's the best one you've done so far. <laughs> Okay, I everybody. Thank you for listening. Just have a clip of that that and put that on the in the main feed so people know that you're we're doing really well with them. <laughs> <laughs> Maria's eye roll is so severe. Oh man, Maria's gonna hurt herself. Maria's gonna get uh, carpal tunnel and severe ocular disorder by the end of this podcast. <laughs> thank you, patrons for li- or patrons for listening live. Thank you, everybody, uh, and thank you for our other patrons who. We'll listen to this shortly. Yeah. And tell your friends about, I know uh, we really appreciate you guys listening and tell your friends about us. And 
yeah, please show us some love. And Maria does an amazing job, so please uh, talk to people. Just go open your door and just shout out Bloody Podcast over and over again. Yeah, yeah word of mouth is still the best way. It's a, it's the number one way we grow. So tell your friends. Thank you, guys. Murder uh, somebody and then <laughs> give us an interview on this podcast. Get a Rob, get a Red Robin meal and stay nasty. Unlimited fries. Yeah. Unlimited always, fries. always. If there's any, if there's one fucking thing that you take away from this fucking podcast is that you always get unlimited fries. Get some ranch. Stay nasty. <laughs> All right. So many endings. Okay.